0: This, this is the Impressions Exchange Podcast, Impressions Exchange Podcast, where all topics impacting the graphic imaging and printing industry are addressed
1: via in-depth news coverage, analysis, and timely interviews.
0: Hi, I'm Denise Gustafson, Editorial Director for Printing United Alliance and the guest host for the special Printing Impressions Podcast Series in celebration of Women's History Month, highlighting the women in the printing industry. During this series, I'll have the opportunity to talk with women from all segments of the industry about their experiences and their journey as a woman in the printing industry. So today it's my pleasure to welcome Jennifer Kearney, Operation and Logistics Manager with Scene Media Group based in Brooklyn, New York. So Jennifer, welcome.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. So if you can
0: like to get us started off, can you tell us a little bit about you and what you do at Scene Media and a little bit about who Scene Media is?
1: Sure, sure. Scene Media is an agency here in New York, and we are growing actually at a very rapid pace. We have billboards, we do hand-painted murals still, we do guerrilla format. And it's super exciting time because we've been able to continue to grow as a company and we are growing very, very rapidly. And we kind of handle everything from chalk stencils on the floor, we do a lot of music, we work with fashion brands, we kind of cover everything. And one of the nice things about Scene Media is we are a smaller company in relation to some of our other competitors, Mm -hmm. and you still are able to get the personal touch with us. You can always pick up a phone and you get a person. You don't have to go through anyone's voicemails or their phone systems and take 15 transfers to get the person you need. You are able to reach out. You have a problem with production. You have a problem with installs. You know, okay, I called Jennifer, you have a problem with a lease. Okay. You call the real estate department and you have your contacts direct. Our CEO, our VP of ops, our VP of sales, always accessible, always. Anytime we need them, pick up the phone, they answer and we problem solve together as a team. My personal background here at C-Media, I manage all production printing of all the billboards. I work with the painters to get them the stuff they need to do the hand-painted murals. I work with our warehouse team, making sure they have all the information they need to execute for our internal installs. I work with our external installers and coordinate the installs and get them all the information they need, execute our installations, notify the photography team that we need to get our glam shots. And make sure everything runs as smoothly as possible from our installation production perspective, which is funny because when I started in out of home advertising, I started as a receptionist on the sign side, the fabrication and installation side, which I think was one of my benefits in the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. I had the insight and was taught how, signs get fabricated, how they get made, everything from the steel and putting holes in the ground to working with landlords, making sure the proposals are correct, scheduling, keeping track of all the equipment and everybody. I was on that side for actually 15 years. Oh, wow. I was on that. Yes. And I got very, very lucky everyone I have come in contact with throughout my career, which is 24 years now, everyone has been super encouraging, willing to teach, to learn, show me different areas that I never had before. So I started as a receptionist, moved up to the office manager, worked with the VP of ops, worked with the president and vice president, managed schedules, calendars, all that fun. And was able to actually be a part of some of the most iconic Times Square billboards. That's oh, awesome. Saw. I was with the sign company when they built the original Hershey store at the Crown Plaza. Mm-hmm. Back when Times Square still had billboards. They had the Phantom of the Opera, the big 3D mask. That was installed. We did FAO Schwartz, the... Stuart Little, we had that activation. So I got to see the industry from the opposite side. Moving as I progressed through the career, my time after 15 years, it was time, unfortunately, time to move on. Mm-hmm. And I moved to the agency side. And that's when things kind of started falling into place. I was taught how to read the contracts and pull out details. I was working with the sign companies on all billboard maintenance, billboard installations, production, maintenance, leases, all of that, how to look at a location. Again, some of the best in the industry here in New York, I was able to work with and learn from, and they encouraged, which was very unique because I am a female and this is still a very, very male-dominated industry. I got lucky and just hit the right people at the right time and was taught, and they helped me grow my role, taught me different things for production, working with 3D build-outs. We did 3D illuminated light switches on billboards that we had fabricated and installed and all the coordination with buildings and landlords and engineers and it gave me a very strong, because I had the background I had yeah. from being at the sign company, it helped me to be able to manage and approach it differently than someone who's just tired and sees it as, oh, okay, this is just a regular billboard and it's a line item on an Excel grid. It helped and it became very beneficial. I also work as, I was a departmental manager for a large Agency where I was in charge of their New York inventory. So, everything static, traditional billboards, Mm -hmm. digital screens, we charted, we scheduled. I have the ability to run all the screens in Times Square. Each one runs on a different platform. I learned how to do all of them. I was a project manager on how to set up a screen. I got to work on Krispy Kreme in Times Square. They're iconic. I set up their control room okay. for the screens and learned all the different capabilities and what a LED screen can and cannot do. Some of them have speakers. They have crowd cams. Some of them are so dynamic. And it's only gotten better, I think, over time because now they're getting into like 3D creatives, which I'm kind of bummed I haven't gotten to do but I'm There's hopeful. still time. Oh, we're getting there. That is my goal. I am going to get scene media to there. We are going to get screens. We're going to take over the world.
0: It's just one screen at a time, one billboard at a time.
1: One at a time. It's a slow road, but we will get there. <laughs> and that's kind of how I kind of evolved. And when I came to scene media, scene media is great that they encourage everyone to continue to grow. Uh, we don't believe in... I hired you to be a receptionist and that's what you're gonna be for the rest of your career. It's after six months, after a year, where do you wanna go? What do you want to do? Do you wanna stay here, which is fine? Do you wanna stay in this role or do you want to move on to another area? Do you wanna become a graphic designer? Do you want to go into real estate? And we encourage that growth very much, which is an amazing thing. And it's fun. Our VP of ops is actually a female. Oh, awesome. As well, which is very, very unique. There aren't a lot in the industry as a whole. So it's really great to be part of this team. Our CEO encourages us and he fully trusts us like, do your thing, go, <laughs> which is amazing.
0: Well, I mean, that's kind of the whole point when you hire people, you hire them because of their talents and their skills. And you give them room to do their job. Yes. Yes. Which is amazing that, I mean, honestly, that's not all companies. It's, I wish it was more, Um, but it's good to see that, you know, especially for scene media, that's what the plan is. Hire the best talent and just let them do their jobs and just get out of their way in some, in some cases.
1: Yes. Yes. We, we do encourage that. And it's a very, very exciting time because we are still growing so Mm -hmm. rapidly and expanding our skill sets taking on more and more areas of the industry and it's amazing that we're encouraged and taught everything it's just really really amazing
0: now I can tell you are so passionate about the industry and about what you do. Now, is this what you wanted to do when you were growing up? I mean, where did you, where did you think you were going to go in? What, what did you think you were going to be when you grow up?
1: <laughs> not billboards was never even no, production, not even a thought. I don't even think to this day, people realize everything that goes on mm-hmm. in the industry as they don't realize how much is involved.
0: I agree. Um, it's just there.
1: Billboards just happen. Like they're just, all of a sudden they appear. I actually wanted to be a veterinarian. <laughs> when a little I was, different. And when I started in the sign industry, I was actually, took the job as the receptionist because the hours worked for me to be able to go to school at night. And I went to school for massage therapy. Okay. completely different. I wanted to be the next massage therapist for the New York Rangers. I wanted to like go into sports massage Mm -hmm. and I graduated. I have my degree. I had my license and this actually was more interesting. It held my interest a lot more than the massage. The massage is great. I have a lot of hidden talents that way. Yes. But the out of home, the billboards and all of this, like I said, I've been able to work with some amazing, amazing people. And it just kind of became natural and just Mm -hmm. stayed. So I have my other talents and we use them. We don't use them. They come up every now and then they come in handy. But this is actually where I stayed.
0: Yeah, it sucked you in.
1: It sucked me in. I I always joke anybody who's stayed around more than 10 years, they're not going anywhere. They're just gonna move to another company because this is one of those industries. Once you start and you make it past a specific time, usually about five years, that's it. You're not gonna leave. You're you're just here. You're gonna find another area of of the industry that you're just going to kind of fall into Mm
0: -hmm. as you've been going through your career, you've obviously been touched and you've interacted with a ton of people. Mm -hmm. Do you have like specific people or who have really influenced you and your career and helped you kind of grow?
1: Yes. I, I was hired, like I said, as a fluke at the sign company, it was a little sign on the fence that said receptionist wanted and signage works. It does. It does. <laughs> it's a, a random thing out of nowhere. I got the people that I worked with at that company were all just so amazing and so full of knowledge and willing to teach it. And especially to teach it to a female was unheard. It's basically unheard of. The receptionists tend to be just that they answer the phone and write a couple of work orders. I got very, very lucky. I was taught very, super superficial level, what to look for on engineer drawings, what to look for on the permit, DOB permit, how signs get put up in general, like attached to the walls, very, very generic. But so that teaching, I don't think exists anymore because mm-hmm. that age group is not there. and it's very, very odd to, for them to have taught a female. And when I moved on to my next role, my, my boss at the time was the v, uh, director of operations. He took me under his wing and was like, okay, you're gonna learn how to read a lease. And you're gonna learn how to go into the DOB website and find out are there violations, how to clear them. He let me run and he just kind of hung out in the back, let me do my thing taught me that everybody makes mistakes. If you make a mistake, it happens. It's not to focus on the mistake itself. Mm-hmm. It's to focus on how are you going to fix it? And then come and just tell tell him like, hey, listen, I messed up. I double booked. This is how I'm fixing it. And 98% of the time, that was fine. Because he encouraged it. He encouraged me to think outside of the box and not to go into a panic mode, which is super, super important because once you start panicking, then everything goes downhill and you go into this down the rabbit hole of, oh my God, I can't do this. I, I messed up. I'm going to get fired. And mm-hmm. just so, so lucky. The group that I was able to come in contact with to this day, 15, 20 years later, we're all still in contact with one another. We work with each other still. I chose because I have had the ability to work with some of the best in the industry. I go back and I lean on them. Hey, I'm having a stas moment. Can you help me out? Like mm-hmm. I just can't think this through. And we all still to this day help one another, encourage one another. And it's actually really, really amazing. I've gotten very lucky.
0: (laughs) Yes, you have. I was going to say you're really fortunate to really have that kind of mentorship and those relationships that you've developed. And the industry generally is is very helpful. And you know, people want to encourage especially new blood as they're coming in. I mean, because everybody is passionate about them and they want to share their passion with others. You've mentioned that it's still very much male-dominated. So how has that impacted you as a woman in this kind of a situation? Have there been barriers? Have there been challenges? I mean, obviously, you've had a lot of good people that have helped mm-hmm. you that have been male, but have there is there anything else that you've experienced?
1: Uh, so I have experienced being overlooked mm-hmm. for promotions because I was a female, because it was thought... I just whether it was I physically wouldn't be able to do the role or if it was they felt I didn't have enough backgrounds, like I don't hold, I don't hold a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. But I hold 20 some odd years of experience, which in a in a way is the same thing. I have the physical, the actual knowledge as opposed to the book knowledge, which sometimes the physical knowledge. The street knowledge is more important than that degree. And I have been looked over, stepped past, not taken as seriously in certain projects. And it just, I try not to focus on it too much. I try to use it as a learning lesson. Like, okay, this is what they're going to look at. This is what I am going to do it. I am going to finds a place where I can do this. And I will not only accomplish what they thought I couldn't do, but I am going to run past it and go even further. And I try to use them as life lessons and not, I try not to focus too much on it because I feel you can become very, very negative Mm -hmm. and jaded and that doesn't benefit anyone. It's not going to benefit the people on my team and it filters throughout a company whether you even realize it or not. I think when once you get that chip on your shoulder, like, us, oh, I was looked over, I'm not helping anybody. Your whole team feels it, anyone you come into in in contact with. And then that stays with you. Like, oh, I remember her. Like she's she's not nice and she's difficult to work with. So I try not to dwell on it, but it mm-hmm. does still happen, unfortunately.
0: Why is it that not maybe you in particular but why is it that women do get overlooked and they don't get those promotions is is it because they don't think that you can do the job that you don't have the knowledge that you're not confident you know what is it that really stops those promotions
1: i i think it is a lot people look and see oh you're a female mm-hmm. and while this is hr no-nos and it's a taboo subject people look at females and they're like, oh, she's going to want to get married and she's going to want to have kids and I'm going to get, I'm, I'm going to lose this employee for her maternity leave and she's not going to work as hard. And it's a misconception mm-hmm. because I have plenty of girlfriends who have very high paying, high roles, professional roles that have children. And you just need to learn how to balance it and have the right support team. If you don't have that support team, that's it. It's kind of done. So I think it comes down to people looking at females as a weaker sex and the maternal role and the wife role, thinking that it's going to pull away from their abilities. And they also get hung up on that piece of paper, that degree that means nothing in the big picture. Because if you're going to hire someone with just a bachelor's degree, and I got looked over, whose loss is it? It's now your loss, because you don't know me. I I personally do not have children. So I'm being punished on a she might or she probably will. And it's it's kind of sad. And it happens. It still happens. And it's very, very disheartening, because so many women are being sidestepped or not taken as seriously mm-hmm. because, oh, she's dramatic or you know, all, all of that, the, the, all those misconceptions and assumptions that people have uh, over hiring a woman, as opposed to if I hire a guy, it's fine. And most times men are probably the worst choice for it for a role, just because he's a man.
0: That's not a skill (laughs) set.
1: That is it. Men, I find sometimes landlords prefer talking to a woman as opposed to a man, because a woman is going to sit and listen. A man just wants to solve and move on. Mm -hmm. No, you have to listen to what they're really saying. It's not a straight answer all the time. And I think that's where companies are going to suffer because they have that misconception that we have to solve it right now it's not always that straight and that i think that's where women are better suited for for roles because we are able to sit and listen and listen to what's not being said Mm -hmm. as opposed to just what's being said
0: how can companies Sometimes it might be unconscious bias. So mm-hmm. when there's those built in gender roles, mm-hmm. how can companies start to eliminate that kind of bias in their hiring, in their thought process? Cause it is not coming from a woman. Of course that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're just as capable. We might have even sometimes you have the same degrees, you have the same experience, mm-hmm. but yet a man will be paid more for the same job. Why? It's frustrating.
1: It is very frustrating. I think one of the greatest things about scene media, when we do our hiring, we actually just look at a resume that's sent. We don't look at their LinkedIn profiles, we don't look at everything, like all the normal things that people will look at. We base our decisions on how do you communicate? How, how well was it received? Like on paper, okay, this is what you're saying to me on paper, but now let's talk because you can't fit everything on paper. It just doesn't, some things just don't translate well mm-hmm. to paper. So you have to have the conversation. And I think when companies are hiring that they're looking at a paper and they're saying, oh, okay, this is no, it's a female and this is a male, I'm gonna go with him and not realize that the other candidate has so much more than just on that paper. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly believe for certain roles, women are just put to the side just because we are women, because we are the fairer sex, like they're weak. And it's like, we're not, you have no idea what we're capable of.
0: I mean, in certain physical things, like I can't, I can't lift that much weight, but that's, that's part of your physical build. But then Mm -hmm. who's to say that the woman that comes next to me is not a bodybuilder and she can deadlift several hundred pounds. You never know.
1: Yes. It's, It is very, very difficult. And I will say um, when companies are trying to hire, I I do acknowledge that it is hard to differentiate, but I do tend to think that we do get put to the side sometimes Mm -hmm. just based on gender and, and assumptions without having that conversation to say, oh my God, there is so much potential in this candidate, whether it be male or female, there's so much potential here. We can mold this into something even greater than they already are. And I think that's when women definitely are overlooked because we're being based on superficial levels.
0: So what would you say would be some of the best strategies to promote better inclusion in the workplace?
1: That's a very interesting question, especially now that we're all coming out of COVID. Mm-hmm. We've all been so isolated working remotely. I I think team building skills, team building outings was something that was done that I was a part of that I thought was really, really great if it's done properly. So what I tend to find is people when you have companies The sales team, all the sales teams stay together. And it's like a fifth grade dance. All the boys are on one side, all the girls are are on the other, and it's sales here and it's operations here. And they don't nobody forces them. They don't mingle. Talk to each other. The team building, some of the team building things that I was got to be a part of, they purposely broke everybody up. And they paired an ops person with a salesperson. They broke up a salesperson and their coordinator on purpose because otherwise you're just going to naturally gravitate that way. And it defeats the purpose of team building.
0: Exactly. Think,
1: and it doesn't even have to be anything crazy. Like I've done karaoke team buildings. I've done axe throwing. We did a training session at the fire department facility. Yeah. Cool. Yes, and that was like one of the best ones ever, but they broke us up mm-hmm. and they made us work hand in hand with people we normally wouldn't, just to appreciate, just to build the relationships. And I think that's where right now, companies are probably falling short mm-hmm. because there is no interaction. You are just another coworker. You're just a name and an email. There is no connection. So I'm hoping that building everybody going back to an office situation, hybrid or whatever, with team building, I think it should be great. And I think it's something a tool that doesn't get used. It gets looked at as just another thing that's going to cost us money.
0: A nice it, to have, not a need to have. Yes. In some ways. Yeah.
1: Yes. And I think companies should look at that a little bit more to encourage it. I I like to do field trips with my team. I like to take us out and show them, okay, this is what a billboard looks like when they're they're installing it. This is what goes into it. Take them to a printer, touch, feel. This is what a format is. Because otherwise it's just something written down and you don't understand it. You don't put two and two together.
0: Mm-hmm. So as we're kind of wrapping up, I guess my question too is, is What do you wish you could tell people about the out of home industry and the career path that you had?
1: I think out of home is a very, very unique, very rapidly evolving format. And it's extremely underestimated. I think it's taken for granted. All the things you see, you walk into Times Square, all the people, the people handing out samples, people, the food trucks, this digital screens, regular billboards, all of that is out of home. Mm-hmm. And if you find a company that will encourage you, that will do and catches your interest and lets you grow, I think that is one of the most amazing things. And it's an underestimated field on both sides. I think it's up and coming. We get, we have a lot of fun. We work very, very hard though. It is, it is sometimes it is long hours, but if you know how to, if you learn how to manage your work life balance and not take it so seriously, this is an amazing, amazing industry. And we're going to keep growing and grow it out. And I can't even imagine what the next evolution of billboards is going to be. We went from hand-painted to paper to regular billboards. Now we're at LED screens. Like, what's next? And I'm dying to see what that is.
0: I guess we're all going to have to stick around to find out what's next.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: So my final question is what I've been asking to all the women that I'm speaking to is, looking back, when you were mm-hmm. just starting out, what advice would you give yourself, knowing what you know now?
1: Don't take yourself so seriously. Don't be so hard on yourself. I am very critical of myself. I think women
0: women are generally. Just as (laughs) as an aside, it's not just you. (laughs)
1: Um, And while what we do is time sensitive and very fast paced, it is not brain surgery. We are not solving the problems of the world. We can take a beat. We can take a breath. And to acknowledge that you're having an off day, know it, acknowledge it, work with it, and move on. It's a part of life. Just realize that it is, while it is your career, we're not saving the world. We Mm -hmm. can take a moment and to be a little nicer to ourselves.
0: That's all great advice. Jennifer, I really appreciate this time today and I've had, it was a pleasure speaking with you and going through everything. We could probably keep talking for another hour, but but we both don't have the time for that right now. So
1: (laughs) thank you so, so much for this opportunity.
0: All right. Awesome. And thanks again.